No part of this lecture may be reproduced in any form, even for personal use. From his other, four lines down in the second paragraph. It's a demasov. He just quoted a statement that Achshel Shenira, now that a man was created, so he has to make his life a success. What should he do? So two of the famous. One lesson was Yefash Pejbemaisa, he should search into his deeds. And the other lesson, Yamash Pejbemaisa, he should feel and test his deeds. And now he explains the difference between the two lessons. The Tira, before lying down the second paragraph. The Tira, you will see, says, The two expressions are two Azharas two good admonitions, or Mo'ira's mode, and very helpful. Tine, a piece is the Maisin, searching into his deeds, is for the purpose, who lachter al klala Maisin, to examine his deeds in general, or this brain and bow, and to look into them, should, if they found there anything that should not be done anymore, that don't go according to the Mishra and the laws of the Torah, whatever he finds of such deeds, he should get rid of them, now, above he mentioned also a case he finds worthwhile things that he possesses, then he should also note them in order to hold on to them and to intensify them, the good qualities. He shouldn't lose the good qualities, and he should also make it his business to add to them. But the most important is to look for the wrong things to get rid of them. That's one. Acharmishmus, but the second, which is the feeling the testing of his medicine, who achakiro afiro de That's the examination, even in the good deeds. Lachter revirais hayesh binyonam ezepnia. Is there any intention that motivates him to do these things? Sometimes a selfish intention. I shall load favor, an intention which is not good. Even good things that people do, you have to search whether they're doing it with Shem Shamayim, honestly, or you're doing it because of some selfish purpose. Or Eno, or Eza or even in the good things, you might find some part that is not good. Let's say here's a man who goes to a place to learn. But at that place, he has jealousy of some people. Now, going to learn is a good place, but in case he goes there and he experiences jealousy, that's like a blemish in his good deeds. Or a person who comes to Dhamma, very good, but in case he comes late, that's a blemish in his good deeds. But a man has a family and he's supporting the family, but he's neglecting, let's say, to help his children in their learning, in their homework, and so on. So always in good deeds, we have to see if there isn't something there that has to be improved. In the good deeds themselves. So you saw there something, a flaw, that he has to remove and get rid of it.
It's just like a person who is stealing a garment. When you want to buy a garment, so it could be it's shop worn. It could be it's worn out by being exposed to the sun in the window. So you have to take it between your fingers and rub the cloth between your fingers and test the strength of the cloth. Although the cloth looks good and the suit fits you, everything is all right, and the price seems good too, but still you have to look at the quality of the cloth. Also the mitzvah. Mitzvah is very good, you're doing such worthwhile things, so it's worth testing with your fingers to see is it really genuine, or maybe there's something of selfish motivations, or maybe there's some flaws in the mitzvah itself. If the cloth is good and strong, or cholosh or maybe it's weak and worn out or rotten. Tenya mash with the miser also he should feel his deeds, leave him to Hunoso to test the nature of the deeds, the toughness of honor, as much as he can test them. Ad Shiyeshoya until his deeds remain Zachati, pure and clean. So he should first look for what's wrong in his life, and then he should even examine what's good in his life, whether there aren't flaws in it that have to be improved. Set that aside. People who learn this the first time, especially when the young people in the yeshiva are learning this, they may think it's an exaggerated requirement, not so necessary. But when you look at life, you see that many people, almost everybody, even when they're doing good things, they don't do it in a way that could be most beneficial. They'll say, here's a woman, she's a good housekeeper, and she's a loyal housewife, and still, in certain things, they say her tongue is too sharp. She criticizes in a way that's harmful, causing machletes. Or here's a man, that say, was an official in the shul, doing very good work, but he's too elegant, like a tyrant. And this is everywhere. There's no person unless he has made it his business to study himself, then no person doesn't have certain flaws in the way he does things, even good things. And there's some people who do certain things that are not good, that's part of their lifestyle. And uh, if you look back, especially in your younger years, you'll find many things. And therefore people have to understand this is not just a, a theoretical idea, it's a very sound, practical way of looking at life, you should utilize the opportunity to look at yourself as much as you can. Now he sums up. He sums up. A man should keep on looking at all of his deeds. And all his ways. These means individual things that he did. A one-time thing that he did. And the means his regular procedures. He should examine them, maybe they also have to be changed. He shouldn't allow himself to have one wrong habit or one wrong mood of character. Surely he shouldn't have any Averis. Some people are committing Averis too. And therefore, let's say, if it's been many opportunities for Averis. Husbands are tyrannizing over wives, and uh, people who criticize Russian horror, and people are bothering all kinds of things that people have. And therefore, if he looks, he'll find. It's only people that don't look 
people who think that they're perfect. Now, I think there's a necessity for a man he thinks a man should be careful and weigh his ways every day. Now, like the big merchants, every day they weigh their business. They measure their business, see how things are going. That their business should not go wrong. Now, before we go, I'm going to stop right now. But before we go, on, we have to know one important principle when you learn the Sefer. Although he puts up difficult propositions and things that most people won't even do, nevertheless, the mere learning of the Sefer in itself is a big benefit. Even though you don't do what he's telling you. Just to learn the Sefer through once makes a tremendous change in a person's mind. And so, he said you should think every day. If once a year you'll think a few minutes about yourself, then you're an unusual person. <laughs> once a year they do it, you're unusual. Because nobody does it ever at all. So whatever you get out of the safer is kulerara. It's before his man Krishna. On a day. Before he spoke about the urgency of making some time for inventory about yourself. And he stresses that as a most valuable means of bringing a person to the success that he looks for in his life to have some time to think about his ways and his deeds. They taught us clearly the necessity of this kind of consideration, of calculation or inventory. Therefore, the emotionally those who make Misholim say, come to Cheshbon. That's the play meaning. Because Cheshbon turned out to be an interesting muscle. It was built for a man who wanted to have a great city for himself. The end was that his enemy conquered the city and he now is dwelling in that city that the enemy built for himself. A man built this uh, beautiful city for himself, but he didn't understand that in the end, he'd only be working for his enemy, and the enemy would, would capture that city and enjoy it. So the emotionally, and those who make me sure, say, come to Cheshbon, and look at that Cheshbon, the city of Cheshbon. But the Gemara makes a play on words. Emotionally means those who are in control of themselves, emotionally. And if you come to Cheshbon, Cheshbon means make calculations with yourself. That's a play on words. Because there is also a story of a man who thought he was building a beautiful city for himself, and the end it turned out, it was for only for the enemy to enjoy. So he also said, those who control themselves, Muslim, if you want to be a Muslim over yourself, come to Cheshbon, come to the practice of thinking about yourself.
those that control their instincts and their passions, they say, let's calculate the calculations of the world. And by that means, they'll learn how to gain control over themselves. How's that? Have said mystic and I guess, what will you lose by doing a mystic against what will you gain? Sometimes people will say, it's difficult to do mistress. It's difficult to be a good person. But if you calculate how great is the gain that you accomplish by a mistress, the reward is forever and ever. Many times in this life, you're rewarded too. And surely forever and ever in Elamabo. So when a person makes a calculation and he sees how much the reward is so much greater than the effort and the investment required, so it makes him willing to do it. So those who are able to control themselves do so only because they know how important is the benefit of controlling yourself. So when a man, let's say, is angry, and he'd like to answer back with some insolent words, but he thinks, look, I'll get a very small pleasure by answering back now. What a great benefit I'll get by not answering back. A tremendous benefit, a schus. The world stands on those who keep their mouths closed. Hashem causes the world to be supported by the merit of those who don't answer back. Controls himself. That's a great achievement. So a person thinks what he will gain by the midst of keeping quiet against the cost. Cost is a small cost. He just has to keep his mouth closed. Very small cost. So he becomes a miracle by Yisrael. He learns how to control themselves. He has to calculate what does he gain by the Avera. Let's say Avera may be a pleasure for a moment. He wants to do, eat something or do something that's also to do. But it's only a moment's pleasure. And after it's all over, there's nothing at all. But a very great punishment waiting for him. Tremendous loss he'll lose out. And many times he ruins his health in this world too. And therefore, when a man makes a calculation, what do you gain by that there? And think of the loss you'll gain. That kind of calculation, when people will think, it will bring them to become mercial beasts to control themselves. Say that aside. <laughs> now actually the Mesilus Yashorim is not limiting the Cheshben just to this one kind of calculation to compare the reward as against the pleasure the, the, the sacrifice or the punishment as against the pleasure what he learns from this Cheshben means thinking in general about oneself that's what he says we'll see that's the whole drift of his uh, argument. Cheshbu means machshava. So come to machshava. Live a life where thinking occupies a part of your program. And that act of thinking will cause a person to become a Moshev Be'Yisrael. It goes on. This true advice they're not able to give such advice and not able to see the truth of that advice only those people who already went out 
from under the power of their inclinations and they're in control. The people are not in control of themselves. The people who are buffeted by their passions and by the conditions of life and they're just driven around like wind, blows with a piece of paper on the street and they don't have any self-direction, these people are not able to give this advice. For those who already learned to control themselves, the emotional and the Islam, they're the ones that tell us this is the very best advice. Anyone who's still in prison in the bonds of his passions ain't of lawyers, I must say. Your eyes won't see this truth. They're not able to recognize this truth. Because his inclinations blinds his eyes, mamish, actually. He's actually blind to this truth. He nay who can hear of a person walking in the darkness. She is upon the mirchelis, the many stumbling blocks in the darkness over which he could fall. The ain't of race, but his eyes don't see the stumbling blocks. And therefore, the person who is still under the control of his desires, his passions, his whims, his emotions, that person is in, unable to understand the importance of his advice. But we listen to those who succeeded, and they know why they succeeded, so they'll tell us they succeeded because they kept their mind on their ways and they thought about themselves. Say that aside. Base. The bottom paragraph. Who must you under? Before he spoke about the necessity of making inventory about oneself. And he considers it uh, an important requirement in order to make progress in life. This is what they said in Bonasia. On the prospect, you make darkness and it becomes night. Is Hashem makes darkness and it becomes light, night. So what does it mean? This entire world is like a night. All the time, it's night time in this world. Now he tells us, Understand how wonderful is this true statement Anyone who takes the effort to be more thorough in understanding it. But the darkness of night could cause possibly two errors to a human man's sight. Two errors that human beings can have at night. Either the darkness covers his eyes 
So he does not see at all what's in front of him. Or the darkness can deceive him to make him think that a certain pillar is a human being or a certain human being is a pillar. Let's understand what he's telling us. First of all, the darkness could make a person unaware that he's about to step into a pit, a deep hole. He's about to bump into something that might harm him. So that's one form of blindness that the darkness can cause. There's another form of, of blindness in the darkness when he sees a pillar, he thinks it's a man, like the older religions. They saw a person with a nobody and they thought he was an important personality. Like Rumus Oilam, who worshipped these men who, in the darkness of this world, were able to deceive so many millions of people to believe in them. Because the world is a place where people, and when they look at a pillar, they think it's a man. Actually, it's nothing at all. There's nobody at all. And Odom, when you look at a real man, people who kill Odom, as if it's a pillar. But you see a real man, something that's worthwhile. So the Umar Sa'ilam tried to persuade you it's nothing but a pillar. Let's say, when the Umar Sa'ilam are told about our great teachers, so they belittle them. They don't see anything in them. All our great teachers are the truly wise men of the world. Whereas, what the world looks up to are men who are empty of wisdom, and the people who follow them are being misled by them. So the darkness causes really three kinds of errors. The first error is that people don't know the perils that confront them in this world. And therefore they follow all kinds of the most dangerous situations because of their inability to see the truth. They lose the Erlon Habo, they become addicted to the worst errors in life, because they're misled by this darkness that conceals the truth from them. A second form of error is that things that are absolutely unimportant and unworthy become big ideals to them, men that are nobody, are worshipped by them, are highly respected by them, and are their models. And really a third error, when someone who is important and is really valuable to the world, they ignore him and they belittle him. The first thing I have to hear. So also the materialism and the coarseness of this world, we know who It's like darkness of night for the eye of the mind. We gave him low shade to it, and it causes to a person two errors. It doesn't allow him to see the stumbling blocks, the pitfalls, the dangers in the ways and the paths of the world. And therefore, most of mankind are walking towards ruination, their lives 
or worthless, worse than worthless, they're just causing themselves to become destroyed. That one opportunity in history that they appear on the surface of the earth is being wasted, and they end up by going down to Gehenna. When in Soyim, Absoyim hurled him so the fools come, that they walk with confidence, they live him, and they fall, and they go lost, without having any fear beforehand. But they didn't have any idea what there is to be afraid of at all. They had no fear, but they didn't know that anything was there to fear. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They are confident, they walk happily on the road to destruction, and they ruin their lives. The Pasuk said they don't know on what they're going to be tripped up and they'll stumble and fall. Chapter here. Now he's not talking only about non-Jews and even under-preserving Jews, even from Jews. However, because they walk in the darkness without being aware of the great issues of life, but they didn't study the subject. So these people fall into the most serious errors, and even though Kol Yisrael Yeshlem Chelek Leilam Habo, all from Jews will end up in Leilam Habo. First of all, there's a, quite a number that didn't. Look at the Gemara and tells us this great man lost his Leilam Habo, and that great man, or they were great Torah scholars, or they learned and never thought about what they were doing in this world. Didn't consider their deeds, didn't weigh their, their acts. And ever they deceive themselves. So even a from Jew sometimes is in great danger. And even those who don't lose the Chalik or Mabo, but they might have to go to Gehenim to be purified in order to come to Elamabo. And that in itself is a very great ruination. And therefore he said that this darkness of the world is caused by the lack of thinking about oneself. And even the greatest men in Torah if they are just busy learning and making progress and learning for the purpose of aggrandizing their name, becoming more powerful, and they don't think about how they are not accommodating their behavior according to the teaching that they are learning, these people go ruined because of their darkness. But anyway, another person. The cunning man sees a harm, and he hides from it. Upsoyim, but the fool, all the rules, they keep on going with their nausea, and they are punished, meaning they suffer the consequences. So it's necessary to be an orum, be cunning, and to understand where we're going, to realize whether your path is right or not, maybe your behavior has to be changed. That's what the orum, a cunning man does. But a fool continues blithely in his ignorant confidence, and he thinks, I'm doing the right thing, and all his life he commits the worst errors. And another passage. The fool becomes excited, and he has confidence that he's doing the right thing. Their mind is as strong to them as if it were Ula. Ula means a wide entrance. There's no problem to them 
it's easy to go into things without any worry because they think they know what they're doing, where they're going. Then they flim, tell them yodu, they are cloud, and they fall without even knowing that there has been a stumbling block at all. So before they fall, they don't have any awareness of what's waiting for them. And that's something that people can see in daily lives. When people get married, for instance, they don't realize what marriage requires of them, the difficulties of adjusting to each other. They don't make up their minds beforehand that we have to make a certain allowances for other people's idiosyncrasies to get along. So then sometimes it, hurt, it ends up in a crash, even without their being aware of their fault. The other party is always to blame, the other party is always wrong, he's always right, and sometimes you come machlekes with neighbors, and machlekes with children, and machlekes with, uh, in the kehila, and machlekes in business with employers, because people are always right in their own eyes, and never think where they're going, they never stop to estimate, maybe my behavior is wrong, and therefore they've blundered through life with many errors, and they're always confident. They're never blaming themselves, and that's the story of most people in the world. So that aside. So that's the first error, the inability to see the stumbling blocks that lie ahead of them. And now I go there and explain that the second error is even more dangerous. To imagine on a pillar that it's a man, or a man that's a pillar, that's a much worse kind of error, and that will be for the next time. A base is before Zman Tishma, Lamed Gimel. The middle paragraph. <clears throat> the middle paragraph. Before he quoted the passage. Hashem makes darkness and it becomes night, which the Gemara says in Bible Messiah refers to the entire Oilam Hazeh. It's all darkness. Now, not in the sense of unhappiness, but a darkness in the sense of not seeing the truth. And I call this who intentionally made the world so that the truth should not be easy to see. And he explained that two kinds of errors that are possible now because of their darkness. First, he spoke about last time that when one walks in darkness, he does not know the pitfalls, the snares, the obstacles, the dangers that lie ahead. <clears throat> and that's one of the reasons why it's so important, he says, for a person constantly to seek to think about where is he going, his general way in life, his general ways in life, and also his individual acts. Because in this darkness, it is possible constantly for people to fall. And he said in most cases they are falling. They're not aware, but they're stumbling constantly. Now he said there's a second error, which is even more perilous. The second error, who caution is worse than the first. The <coughs> it deceives the person's sight, 
Now, before he says, in the darkness, when you see a post, you might think it's a person. And when you see a person, you might think it's a post. Really, it's two errors, the second part. And we'll soon discuss both of them. They look at what's wrong as if it was actually a very good thing. And people become enamored of the Ra and they're enthusiastic for the Ra. We have twelve kilo Ra and they look at what's good as if it actually was bad and they despise the good. Now, of course, we'll say that in a very simple, coarse way. Let's say the ordinary Amhoares outside, he looks at the Frum Jew with scorn. The best people in the world are the Frum Jew, the most decent people in the world, the most law-abiding people who won't harm anybody, serious, idealistic, conscientious people, the Frum Jew, they're very best by far. And yet the ordinary Jew in the street despises the Frum Jew. He looks at the Goy with admiration. Actors were the worst people, or even physicians who dressed in white, they're criminals. We know what the physicians do. A very large percentage of physicians, physicians are sending people to early graves and making surgeries not necessary at all. It's a well-known fact the world doesn't know, doesn't speak about it. And besides atheists among the physicians, are more than among any other kind. So therefore, the colleges, for instance, they admire the colleges, which are places of depredation, of very low methods of behavior. And the truth is the colleges dormitories are, in a certain sense, worse than houses of prostitution today. They're worse than the dens of the mafia. And that's not exaggeration. The mafia is ten times more decent than the colleges. And they look at the yeshivas with scorn, of course. They despise them. That's, of course, a different level. We're not talking about that now. We're talking about his level. He's talking about from Jews, the errors that from Jews make. From Jews sometimes fall into that error of falling in love with evil things. And from Jews sometimes despise the good. They become encouraged because they think what they see is true. And they cause more power to their evil deeds. The error that they see by means of their eyes causes them to continue. This is Kerach. Kerach was absolutely a good man. Otherwise, he wouldn't have run out of Messiah. But he would Only good went out of Messiah. And Kerach blamed Moshe Rabbeinu for all their troubles. Now, the best man in the world, the elder who lived, is now being blamed as a person who caused the greatest harm to the Am Yisrael. How could it be possible such a thing? So Kerach, for the darkness of this world, was misled into this most serious error. Let's say up the other side. One time. She ain't die. She has Not enough that they lack the ability to see the truth. 
to see the evil that's in front of their eyes, may the trouble, the ruination that stands before them, that will cause a great harm to them. It seems to them they can find great proofs with this shameless mechichem and experiments, experiments that will uphold with arguments their points of view. This is what they say about their own thoughts. There are some cases. Now, if we study the classic example, we'll find your other man of us was a certainly a learned man, and yet the Roman Benavad decided that it's a very great peril for Jews to go to Yerushalayim three times a year, because in Yerushalayim, Shleim HaMelech is in power, and he's ruining the Jewish nation, and therefore, he decided it's a necessity to put up barriers, as Jews no longer go from the ten tribes to Yerushalayim, well, what should they do? However, they have to go someplace. So he invented two places of worship and we should put in a golden calf instead of an idol. He didn't want an idol. The golden calf is something like the Pneashur Shibimelkova. And therefore, his, the darkness helped him and encouraged him to go further and further away. And the end was he tore them away entirely from the army so and they went lost. So you see, the greatest ruination can happen as a result of this darkness that encourages people to find proofs to their thoughts and to make experiments and show, look, here are arguments that show how right we are. And that's the great evil, this evil of wrong ideas that come into the head. That wraps people around, it embraces them, and brings them to the pit of destruction. Like people who believe in evolution is so firmly established, although it's such a silly lie, and there's so many ways of demonstrating how false it is, but people have so persuaded themselves for the newspapers and the colleges and the media all speak about it, and therefore they consider all the things as proofs, when actually no proofs at all. They consider them as proofs, and it leads them away from the Torah, it leads them to humanism and to atheism, and even from Jews, who actually practice everything, but in their hearts they are devoid of any emun at all, because they think that the truth is on the side of the Goyim. Make the heart of these people fat, means Hashem gives opportunities to fatten their hearts. Give me the mind, they shouldn't be able to think. We all and make his ears heavy, if you still listen, there are places where they can come and learn, there are Svarim, there are places where you can find out the truth, and they refuse to come to those places. The Oino of Hosha, and they turn away his eyes. So Hashem intentionally says, if you wish to go in the wrong direction, I'm going to encourage you. And you go more and more into the evil that will cause your downfall. The Holter, why that? Because they're under the influence of the darkness of the world. And they're captured under the rule of their evil inclination. Now this is all because people do not spend any time to think about themselves. Even five minutes during the entire year never happens that a person sits down and makes an inventory about his life. If he did that, it would be a most unusual thing. Set that inside. 
Lamed Gimel, the bottom paragraph. Before he quoted a statement from the Gemara that our Tengen are Muslim, the Pasuk. Bohu Cheshbin, that the Muslim, the Yisra, people who have learned to control themselves, say, come to the practice of Cheshbin, of thinking about yourself. That's the method to learn to control yourself. Now he's coming back to that. Ach Oysam, Shekvar Yotzum in Ahamasa, those who went out of this prison, the prison of darkness, which he mentioned just before, in which the people are walking without seeing the dangers ahead of them, the pitfalls, the snares, the traps that are in the darkness, and also they make great errors because they think a post is a man and a man is a post. I mean, they pick up wrong ideas in this world and the right ideas are ignored by them. That's because of the darkness of the world. That's called Masa, the prison. This world like a prison. Now, it doesn't mean it's an unhappy place, but it means it's a place of error. Our minds are imprisoned in this world. But those people who went out of this prison already, who are the, they're the people who learned to understand the truths of the world, and they are in full control of themselves. They see the truth as it actually is. And they're able to give advice to other people about this matter. And what advice do they give? And they give the advice to your husband. Come to the practice of husband, thinking about yourself. Holy Moses, then he gives a muscle. To a garden that's called a maze. A maze in the olden days was a special kind of place that they used to make who who ate a gun on the two of its feet. It's a garden that's planted for amusement. I'll explain what it is. A maze is it's a garden with paths in it. When you're walking these paths, you can never get out. You walk in the paths and you keep on walking. Each path is so bland that it deceives you into walking into the wrong way. Only if you're standing on a hill, on a high place, you can look down and you can see how the people are walking in the maze and making mistakes. So you can shout directions down to them. Don't go right, go left. Each time when you're supposed to make a turn, you're given directions, you'll finally be able to walk out of the maze. It's a place where the spectators all sat on the, on the high platform and they were laughing when they saw people wandering around getting lost. And these, some used to shout down instructions to the people below and tell them where to go in order to get out of the maze. So the people out of the maze they're mostly in the use for those who are in control of themselves. And they're able to tell us how to get out of the measure. What do they tell us? They say, Bolo come to the practice of thinking about yourself. That's the way to come out of this Gandhi-Vuha. Hayadua, Eitzelassons. It's known in his day by the aristocratic people, they had such big gardens. Shanatiyas, Asuyas, Solim, Kesolim. The plants, the trees are made like walls. And and among these trees are many paths, they are confusing, and they are mixed together. And each one looks exactly like the other. You cannot identify them by their appearance. And the purpose is to reach a certain hole 
it's in the middle of the entire garden. But to get there is not easy because the people are wandering around and getting lost constantly and going back again into the maze. The Omnum, but these roads, the Hem Yeshom, the sum of them are the light paths. And they do bring you to the hole in the middle. Only you have to know what is the right path. Some of these paths are made to deceive people. And he follows these paths, he gets further and further away from the central place where the hole is. The man walks in the street, these paths. Who though you call he could not he's not able to see where he's going. Not able to know at all whether he's walking on the right path or the wrong path. See, all the streets look exactly the same. In heaven's been there. There's no difference for aim or to the eye those who are looking. Unless he knows the path by being very familiar with that garden and by acquaintance of the eye. It's a custom to knowing the right way. Otherwise, anybody who is a stranger there walks in will surely get lost. She called boy. This man already went into that place, the Gialatakis, and he re- reached the destination. That's the hole in the middle. Now that person who went to it all already, a number of times he was lost and he practiced finding his way. And finally this man is now standing in the middle, in the Aksada, and he's looking at all the people wandering around trying to find their way out. And he's shouting instructions to them because he knows the way. Now the most of it is as follows. Those people who already learned how to think about themselves and not to be deceived by the darkness of the world, they're able to give instructions to the rest of mankind who are wandering around aimlessly in the maze of this world. Say that inside to you. The English word, the English word amazed comes from the word maze. Somebody is confused by a maze because he's amazed. And this is an important muscle which shows the truth of this world. Everybody's walking around and getting lost constantly. They don't know the way. They think they do, but they continue to wander around aimlessly. But the Chachamim, who made the successful trip through this world already, and they discover the right path, they're the ones that are standing in the middle, and they're directing us what to do, how to get to the central place, which is the final destination. And so, the way he's telling us, Come to the practice of thinking about yourself. Now, including in thinking about yourself, of course, the learning of the Shalom. A person can sit down and think and think and not know what to think. And therefore, included in the idea of is to know what to think about. Now, that's a big subject, what to think about. Cheshben, the among muscle was given to compare the reward that you get from a mitzvah against the loss that a mitzvah costs you. To compare the punishment for an against the pleasure that Avera gave you for a moment. That's only one of the chesbenes. There are really much, many more chesbenes than that. And these chesbenes will really take from these 
teachers, like in the Shiva Nishayam, the other ones who are guiding us where to go. Ten shuvahs down from the top. Shuvah Sada. Lamed Dalet, ten shuvahs down from the top. Shuvah Sada. He brought a parallel before of a maze where the people who enter wander around aimlessly but they don't know how to get out of it. In the center of the maze is an achsado, that's a certain hole on an elevated place, and the people sitting there, they're able to see and look down while the others are wandering around and taking the wrong path. And they could give advice by shouting down to the people below, don't go here, go there. Don't go left, go right, to guide them how to go in the right direction. The one is already standing on the Achsadr on top. He sees all the roads before him. And he can differentiate between the true roads or the misleading roads. And he can admonish the people who are walking there and tell them, This is the road which you should take. Those who wish to believe him, he'll arrive at the place of his destination. But he who does not wish to believe, but he prefers to follow what he thinks with his eyes is the right road, certainly the main loss and it never leads his destination. So therefore, people who listen to our great teachers were telling us in which direction to go, these people will succeed in arriving at their destination. Others will wander around and spend their lives wandering without any purpose. Stay inside. So is this thing. The one who still did not gain control over his desires and his passions, he is like the man wandering among the roads, the path. He's not able to distinguish which is the right and wrong, because he's blinded by his interests, by his desires and his passions. And what he thinks is right could be exactly the wrong way to go. For those people who learn to control their passions and to live with their cycle, and according to the Torah cycle, they already arrived successfully to the central hole in the middle. They already went out of the maze of the past. And they can see all the roads before them clearly. They are able to give advice to those who are willing to listen. And we should believe them. These are the people who learn how to live. They learn to live with the truth of the cycle, which is the Torah cycle, 
and not follow the desires of the passion or the false teachings of the Umas Oilam. So these people are not blinded and are able to give us advice. If we listen to them, we shall succeed. The Omnom, first you have to hear up to Omnom. The Omnom, what is the counsel that they advise us? And they say, come into the system of thinking as to think about things, as to think about what's important and what's not important, as to think about what's right according to the Torah and what's wrong, as to think what's good and what's harmful, as to think what is for your benefit, what's not for your benefit, as to think what brings a person to Olam Habo or what can Halil bring him in the other place. And they say, Bo, on the let's come and think all the calculations of this world. They already experimented and they saw and they know this alone is the true way. It won't help to run to specialists in Manhattan and pay big money. This advice is being given to us. And he said, this is what you must do in order to succeed. You must give yourself a few minutes of introspection to think about yourself and think about these constraints that we're laying out. Which means you have to give yourself some time to learn the Silas Hisharim. Because the Silas Hisharim, that is thinking together with a great man, the Gaur, when he learned this cipher, he said in the first 12 chapters, he didn't see one superfluous word. If the Gaur said that, then we can surely rely on that. And we know he is an advisor. And he tells us, Who had that That's the true way. That a man can be brought to come to the good, the happiness, the success that he sees, that he seeks. But a low zero said, nothing but that. Nothing else will help like that. Say that inside. Now this doesn't mean a person should just sit down with empty hands and think because he doesn't know what to think. He wants to listen to the advice and to read the cipher. Now this cipher is a remarkable cipher. There's no question, even a few minutes every day, whether we do what he tells us or we don't do what he tells us, will change a person's mentality thoroughly. And therefore, the first thing is, so listen to the advice of those who can give it to us. I have before the month. Before we begin, we have to know that this is really part of the preface. In the next paragraph, he begins talking in practical terms. Now, to sum up, a man must always consult his mind. Now that's in general. He has to be in the frame of mind to think about things that concern him which means you should think about the way he behaves in Shemonesa, 
How does he behave in his house at breakfast? How does he behave in his place of work? How does he behave when he comes to the Beisachnesa? In general, a man has to keep his mind on all the things that he does. It's a matter of habit, but once a person gets into such a frame of mind, he's a thinking man, and he is guided not by his instincts, like an animal, but he is controlled by his intelligence. And in addition to that, he should have a set time in solitude. Whether it's five minutes, whatever it is, he should have time where he sits down by himself, or he walks by himself and thinks by himself, especially for the purpose of making a general inspection inventory of himself. What is the right path according to the law of the Torah? That a man should go, not means a man like himself. Because each person is different. A woman doesn't have the same data like a man. And a man who is in business doesn't have the same data as a man who is retired. A youngster who is not married doesn't have the same data as a person who is married. So, according to his circumstances, what is the data that's expected of him? Now, once he reminds himself that what he's expected to do or be, and he's given an example, what he should think about in these five minutes or an hour, whatever it is, he assigns in solitude to consider himself. So the first thing is always think, what is the right data? Am I following that data? Now, the second, Then he should consider what he did during the past year or past week or so, if they are in accordance with what he considered to be the right way. So first, what's the model, how a man like that should behave, or a boy like that, or a girl like that, each person according to what should be the right data for them, and then he should think, am I behaving according to this model? And you think, think over, let's say, you have a model that you are striving to get along with people, that's the way, certainly, one of the things a person has to have in his mind at all times, Shalom. Now, are you succeeding in Shalom, let's say, with your parents as a boy, with your brothers and sisters, with the people in the yeshiva way of learning? Are you obeying your elders? All part of Shalom? Also, in the matter of utilizing his time as a boy in yeshiva, or as a man, question is how, what I do with my time, what should a man like me do with my time, with my spare time, with my Sundays, with my Shabbos, with my evenings, that's something a person is thinking about, and then he should consider if he is living up to what he really should have been. By means of this system, it will surely be easier for him to purify himself from anything that's wrong. Or the Yashir Kolbacher, and to cause all of his past to become straight and perfect. So once more, he's telling us, 
a man should always have a habit of thinking about himself. He's hanging on the strap in the subway or sitting in his office while he's doing his work. Going to base some evidence to visit his shiva man. He should always have in mind to think about himself. In addition to that, he should make a time in solitude, even a few minutes, where he sits by himself or he stands or walks by himself to think especially only about these two things. First, what is the right way for a person like that to be? And secondly, is he living up to the model that he understands he should be? So say that inside. Way, tell us means the scale. Way in the scale, the road of your feet, which means single road, the general road in which you have to go. Let's see, going to Boston. You know, you're going to Boston. Going to Atlanta, you go in a different direction. So, first, weigh the road of your feet, that's the general road of your life, according to your circumstances. Weigh the road that you're supposed to go. And then, the whole all of your paths will become established correctly. Because once a person has in mind where his head is, then every detail is easier to control. If he doesn't keep in mind his general direction, let's say he started out north, you think he might come to Boston, but maybe not, maybe I'll go someplace else, maybe I'll go west, maybe I'll go to the Atlantic. He has to know where he's heading, otherwise he'll keep on wandering inside roads, and he'll spend a great deal of his life in wasted effort. So therefore, Pales, way in the scale, Magal, the general path, of your feet, the whole door of heaven, and all your small side paths, you can will be established correctly. Very many other passages. Let us search out our ways and let us investigate. Number of times to Hashem by means of that. Of course, we say that frequently, but almost nobody does it. Same side. The next chapter is called. The way to acquire the hearers. The hearers means awareness. Some translate carefulness. The way for a person to acquire the attitude of awareness that he should live with a certain intelligent control over everything that he does. The way to acquire this attitude called the hearers. The hearers was explained before to be aware of what they're doing, to be careful and to think about your path in life. How do you acquire that attitude of the hearers? Hine, Masha may be a Odom. 
of the theater. Later they'll tell us particular ways. So now I think the general way to hear is who lima that there is learning. When a person learns Torah, he becomes aware of all the general attitudes that a Jew has to have in life. Later we'll learn some particular system of reminding yourself. But right now, totally, you must learn. Without learning, what does it help? The person says, I'm going to be careful, I'll watch my way. He doesn't know which direction to go. They say, tell a motorist. He's setting out from New York. Say, careful, don't lose the road. Go straight to your destination. Don't get lost. But he doesn't know where he's going to. Where does he have to go to? And therefore, the first thing is to learn Torah. That's what he said at the beginning. Torah, the learning Torah brings a man to the earth. However, it's not enough. We need some more direction. You say, go from here, go north to Boston. It's not enough. After telling what to do when you come to crossroads and other things, and therefore, Omnan but but in detailed information that brings a person to hearers, who are his brainers al That's the first thing. So think about the importance of the avoida. which a person is obligated to do. Now that's something that comes after learning. Just say so you learn and you know that what you have to do or you shouldn't do, then you have to know how very important these obligations are. The Oymek and how profound is the judgment for all these things. What seems to you in a minor matter actually is a very important and fundamental principle that's involved. And that's why it's important for people to study this paper here and in order to gain an attitude of great respect for these teachings that we're going to learn, although they all come from the Torah, and there's nothing new. But the attitude towards them is a new attitude, an attitude of the utmost gravity, seriousness, and importance. But Yerite Lose, how can this come to him? The attitude of understanding the Choyna, the importance. By examining the stories that are written in Sifayakaridash. For instance, when you read about the sons of Aaron, the two Tzadikim Nodel Arihu, who wanted to volunteer to do something beyond what they were commanded, and they were stricken down and they died, that's a great tragedy, and they started studying why did it happen. So one of the reasons was they should have consulted their rabbi. How can you go ahead and show that you are so flum, you do beyond the line of duty in the presence of your teacher? Maybe you are not expected to behave in such a manner? Now, of course, they would have answered, we didn't intend to give any decisions. We only wanted to do beyond what we expected to do. So now you begin to see how very great is the responsibility of Merah or other reasons why they were punished. Now those reasons 
are almost impossible for us to understand. When Meshach Rabbeinu struck the rock, Dr. Yibola said, you have rebelled against me. And we don't understand to this day clearly what it was. So the son said, he struck the rock, and said, so speak to me, he said, so speak to the rock. And he struck the Is that the reason why Meshach Rabbeinu would not be admitted to us this soil? So that he was punished? But that's the reason, and it's a very, very important lesson that you have to follow instructions to the letter. You should have spoken to the rock. It's more tedious Hashem if the rock gushes with water when you speak to it than after you hear it. So I'm sorry, Meshach Abinu's catch was because he said at that time, Shimu no Hamavim, listen, you rebellious people. So he called the Jewish people rebellious. Now actually, I told his brother himself called them rebellious. We'll see in the Torah a number of times. But Meshach Abinu at that time, maybe he exceeded his authority. Now we begin to see how very great is the respect they have to have for the people. You cannot say to the people a blame word that's beyond their responsibility. So when you study the stories of the Torah, you begin to understand how great is the responsibility that our colleagues both expect of us. So when we study the Agarite, the stories of the Kumish, stories of the Medean Exuder, many stories, and we see even Sadiqim, like Shlema Amalek, were punished for certain things. And we don't understand actually what the sin was. It's very small. You need a magnifying glass to see the sin. Nevertheless, HaKadosh Baruch Hu punishes for the smallest thing. He expects perfect behavior. And therefore, studying the stories in the Tanakh is very important. Like we see, when Kayan and Hevel brought their offerings, Hevel's offering was accepted by Hashem, and Cain didn't get any recognition from Hashem. And the difference was that Hevel went out of the way to bring a better offering. So you see, when you do a mitzvah, more mahuda, a better, a more beautiful mitzvah, you get more recognition from Hashem. Now it's a mitzvah to bring an offering. What difference does it make to bring this or that? No, it makes a difference. So we see that even in mitzvahs, makes a very great difference before I call this Baruch How much a person puts his heart into the mystery more than another person. Now all these stories are there for that purpose, to teach us a lesson. How great is the responsibility towards our obligation. And studying the Mamore Chazal. We study the statements, in particular others for instance, that many people are accustomed to say quickly, it's especially in the summer, Shabbos afternoon, you're in a hurry to say it, but you say it slowly and think into it, you become surprised how severe they are, how great their responsibility. And now we begin to understand, for instance, when it states that Ezehu Mechubet, who is honored by Hashem, HaMechabet Esabrit, if you honor your fellow man. Shema, Kimechabdai Achabet, those who honor me, I shall honor. Those who scorn me shall be held lightly. Now, if you're talking about not honoring your fellow man, you're not scorning Hashem. No, it's called scorning Hashem. When you show disdain, disrespect for your fellow man, Hashem said, you're disrespecting me. For the Jew is a child of Hashem. And therefore, to learn that Maimah has all properly, you begin to see how great is the necessity to show respect to every Jew. I'm the out there. 
they stir up a man's mind to these great ideas. Set them aside. Right, Two more lines. In this study, there are various ways of making us aware, all means to make us aware, according to various degrees of the person's personality. Each person according to who he is. The Shlemyadas, the people of perfect minds, means great idealists, they have one kind of lesson we'll soon, next, next time we'll learn it, how they should think about these things. We, Kushya, those are less than they are. It finds Jews, Shubim, Jacobim, but they're not the most perfect Jews. They have a different way of looking at things. Because the Torah expects of each person according to his Madrega. And on the third, the whole Ahamon Kula, the whole multitude of the Jewish nation. So he's telling us, that this subject of looking into Mamore Hazal and studying the importance of David Hashem, it depends for whom we're talking to. Each person has a different approach according to his status in life. That means it's not necessarily effective when you'll say certain things to plain people. But the other things you should speak about when you're talking to Pshutim, things that appeal to the Pshutim. Now you might say, why talk to Pshutim? Let's talk according to the highest ideals. You have to live up to high ideals. Who cares how lonely the people are? Answer is no. You have to talk to people according to their ability to understand. That's what you're going to do in the next pages. To the Pshutim, you're talking a different way that they understand more readily, that appeals to them. However, if you choose to be among the best, high idealistic people, you can listen to all three, it won't harm you. You know, in all three methods of studying the mind. The bottom paragraph, one at height. Before he explains that the system of approaching the subject of the hearers is not the same for all kinds of people. There are people who are more perfect in understanding and those who are less perfect. So now he starts explaining. The Shleme Hadar, people who have perfect understanding so we speak to them on this subject as follows by the way we see from this even people with perfect understanding also must be instructed in this subject of how to acquire this quality of the hearers which means awareness the fact that you have a very good mind and you understand the general principles more than other people doesn't mean that you don't need instruction so the Shlomei Adas, the way to approach them is as follows. 
feel them out and the incentive power means something that stirs them up and gives them an incentive they should be interested in this subject it should become made clear to them that the only thing they should desire is perfection. Nothing else matters except perfection of character. And that's something that most people never heard and it's a foundation of this Sefer also, the Rambam, that a man's function in this world is to make something out of himself. It's called slamers. And therefore, of all the things that people desire in this world, there's nothing that can compare to the desire to acquire The low zulas and nothing else. You shouldn't have any competition with that aim in mind. If people want slimness, at the same time, they would like to have other things, it will detract from their pursuit after slimness. And therefore, they have to learn to ignore all other things in this world, all other motives, all other ambitions, and think only on this one purpose to make something out of themselves. Of course, we understand it's all for the service of Hashem. For Hashem desires of us this achievement in our lives. And the more a person perfects his nature, his character, and his mind, the more he is considered a servant of Hashem. Of course, doing this as part of this process of perfection. You can't be perfect if you don't go business. Of course, learning Yamuna, learning all the principles of the Yamuna. Your emotions, the control of your passions, all together add up to the word Shlemus, and that's what Hashem wants of you. There's nothing worse, no evil in the world worse than the lack of slander. The ahead of your or anything that causes you to remain distant from the slander. Of all the worries in this world, all the fears in the world, this is the greatest of all. The worry and the fear. Maybe you're not accomplishing, maybe you are being held back by certain obstacles from approaching this goal of Shlemeh. <laughs> although, although we are not Shlemeh Hadar, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't listen to these words, because we should get all the motivations that we could hear about in order to get us interested in the subject. So we'll listen to the motivations that are offered to the Shlemeh Hadar, and that are offered to those that are left of them, and offer to the lowest, all of these motivations will utilize in our hope that we should too be motivated, motivated with this goal. No part of this lecture may be reproduced in any form, even for personal use.